Father, and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a most comforting mystery from God's Word today. In Jeremiah, we heard the Lord declare, I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. And in Hebrews, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. The strangeness of these verses is that God, who knows all things, willfully forgets the repenting sinner's iniquities. All our sins, all our lawless deeds, are to the Lord a forgotten thing. He remembers us but forgets what would exclude us from his love and eternal presence. Such a mercy is so profound, so life-changing, that today we meditate upon how the forgetfulness of God is even possible. And the happenings of Holy Thursday are key to unlocking this mystery. On Holy Thursday, today we orient our attention to the upper room where Jesus reclines at the table for the Passover meal with his apostles, his disciples. This meal was celebrated among the congregation of Israel and all descendants as a memorial meal and a memorial day, but not just like any other meal or day. It was a meal and day with a statute that is forever. This language from Exodus chapter 12 simply implies that the preservation of Israel was not only for a meal or a day, but that God's promise was with them forever until the fulfillment of time in Christ's coming. When then Christ himself comes into the upper room and establishes a New Testament, a new covenantal promise to take over where its meals, this meal's statute and promise left off, where he had fulfilled all righteousness, all of the law unto himself. Jesus has fulfilled the Old Testament, and a New Testament is now given in his blood. But you can imagine that the apostles are somewhat oblivious to this occurrence. For now, nothing is extraordinary about this upper room Passover meal to the disciples who gather with Jesus, at least as anything normal can be with Jesus. This customary Passover rite would have been among the Jews an expected meal with obvious expectations. Yet Jesus tells us that he has earnestly desired to eat this Passover with his disciples, indicating that the usual expectations of this occasion are now changing and significantly different. The difference and reason for Jesus' earnest desire this Passover is because he will eat with them, his disciples, this meal, and quote-unquote, before I suffer. So what was an ordinary custom is now an extraordinary happening of the greatest degree. Jesus indicates here 
the suffering of his cross. The suffering for the wrath of the world's sins. Enduring the rejection of the Father in judgment for your sins and mine and all the world. Jesus suffers for us the cross so that the flesh which brought in sin into this world by Adam in the Garden of Eden would through the flesh of the crucified Jesus become redeemed. This is the way of reconciliation that the Father has sent Jesus to accomplish. That through his Son our sins would be crucified, paid for and forgotten, and that all that which remains is God's remembrance of us by grace through faith. You can point out on this Holy Thursday many significant occurrences, many significant things and events, but two extraordinary happenings collide in the life of Jesus for the eternal life of the world. The love of God to forget sin and the Son of God who calls us into his remembrance. When we partake of the new meal that Jesus establishes, we commune in a remembrance that nourishes us in body and in soul for the forgiveness of sins. In the Lord's Supper, the words of Jesus consecrate the bread and wine for our use in absolving our sins by the promise of his suffering and death. As it has been said elsewhere in the book of Hebrews, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And St. Paul reminds us further, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so in this meal, you have both forgiveness and God's love wrapped up in one gracious gift from his suffering and death. You receive in this Holy Communion, on this Holy Thursday, God's holiness imparted to you. And that this forgiveness is God's love for you, his remembering of you, and his call to do this in remembrance of me. This remembrance is more than your or I, our fleeting thoughts of days gone by, more than a humanly definition of remembrance but it is a remembrance with a statute that is forever, a divine remembrance, an eternal promise of your Lord's enduring love and faithfulness to you, Christ's salvific work on the cross to erase your sins and cancel his remembrance of all your transgressions. What this meal entails is a mystery so profound, but it's one the church embraces with absolute joy, since from it you remember Jesus and he remembers you. You remember him by his forgiveness and he remembers you having poured out for you the new covenant in his blood. Jesus, he earnestly desired to share this new Passover meal with his disciples before he suffered the crucifixion. He knew what strength was needed for the way and truth and life of his disciples in the days to come. The covenant and testament he gave to the disciples in the upper room is what he gives to you, his disciples, this day. 
Today, when he calls you to do this in remembrance of me in the Holy Supper, Jesus is inviting you to take hold of the promises of God by faith. But although you and I sin much and only deserve to be remembered for our iniquities, sins, and lawless deeds, Jesus has, by his blood of the new covenant, promised to remember us only by his grace. Amen.